I good? Yeah, I think you're good. Talk? Am I good? Yeah. I just had to, I think I was talking in the back of the microphone. It's probably Mm -hmm. front directional. So now I'm good. You can talk loud as well. Oh, shit. I just realized that this is, this is a video. That's, I don't know why I'm, whatever. (laughs) We're recording. It's recording. It's happening in real life. Yeah. Okay. Let me move this and we're going to put this here. Okay. How funny. I used to use audacity too. So same, I, same. That was my first, um, I don't know what I was doing. So I was like, okay, same. well, yeah, this, it was free. this sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. it's free. <laughs> yep. And it, it, um, it works. Yeah. Is this too loud? Is that good? No, that's good. Is that loud enough? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Cool. Okay. Well, hi, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the none other fuck you mentality. I don't know the fuck else you would be listening to. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm your host, Lisa G. Cause again, who the fuck else would it be? But today, we're back with another cool episode. I say this every single time I interview somebody. I'm like, oh, God, I'm interviewing someone so cool. Like, this is so revolutionary, blah, blah, Because truly, like, I don't, I don't um, attract half-assed people. And I don't attract disingenuine people. So I say, I say, oh, my God, I'm having such a cool person on the podcast. Because it's true. Because I, I don't. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. You right. know what I mean? Right. You only, the real recognizes real. Real, real, real um, attracts real. Yep. So this particular person, I have been following on social media for what feels like my entire career. Wow. And um, it's really surreal, truly just to meet you in person, if I'm being really, really honest, because oh I've God. known you, again, for like, I mean, I'm doing her for 12 years, but I feel like I've known you like the whole 12. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I was talking to Carly yeah. and I thought that BCU was like 10 years old and it's like three years old. No, yeah. She started it in 2020. Literally. And I just had her on a podcast like a couple weeks ago and I was like, it feels like my whole career. What? This makes no sense. Anyway. So I've been following this person for quite some time, but she, the reason why I follow her is because she's like the trailblazer and like the hair influencing world. Like I would say that she is one of the, one of the OGs, one of the OGs of the OGs of the OGs before Instagram was cool, but she made Instagram feasible for stylists. So she like broke it down and she made it, she made me, she helped me understand what the fuck it was. And this was the first person I ever followed that did this. And through the years has launched like a lot of things and has helped a lot of people build their business with social media. But you're the first person now forgive me for anyone who's listening maybe they've heard other people but i promise you that you're like you're wrong (laughs) this is the trailblazer i don't care what anyone fucking says that's great so who are you what are we doing here what's going on yeah so i'm jamie dana hello hi oh there she is there's a name um maybe maybe this is our first time hanging out and you're like who the heck is this um yeah so i've been in the industry for like 12 13 years kind of same thing um and around like 2014 i feel like instagram was becoming this thing yeah and it was like blowing up but also like not blowing up like it was right. like there were a few educators i would say i would the word influencer didn't even exist no. back then Mm-mm. um but there were educators out there and i knew eventually that i wanted to stop working behind the chair and go into education but i didn't know what that looked like i knew i did not want to work for like a company mm-hmm. and like you know work my way up through the corporate ladder and deal with all that politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew eventually I wanted to do something, but like independent education was like just becoming a thing. Yeah. And so I decided to start teaching Instagram online. I was one of the very first online educators. So that's probably yes. why it feels like, Oh, you're such a trailblazer because it truly was like at the time there were like webinars, but I don't know not if you even, remember that. No, yeah, no, they were no. not good. Um, it was like BTC <laughs> webinars that you paid like 20 bucks for. Oh, do you remember those days? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. But like 
old school. I've taken them and I was like, I don't. Yeah, they were. I don't, I don't, I don't know. think they were. Because well, no one really knew what they were doing at the time. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. true. So I was truly like one of the very first online educators. And so, yeah, I started to teach about Instagram and I used what I had done to grow my business in the salon of going from like not that booked as a hairstylist to completely booked out two to three months in advance, making thousand dollar a day in the salon, had an assistant, opened a salon suite, opened this salon, this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then I taught other people how to do that. And this is like baby days of Instagram. Yeah. So this was like when Instagram was like just photos and captions. Right. And like there were no stories, there were no videos, there was nothing. And I've just since then grown so much of just like what I teach. And obviously now I teach more like business stuff and money stuff. And there's so many the more things stuff. that I want to teach. Yeah. Right, right, but right, right. Um, yeah, Instagram was like what started it all back in 2016 was like when I officially came out as like an educator. It's like, okay, I'm doing this. So what's what's so crazy is I talk about social media with people all the time. And I think back to like 2014, you're right. Like 2014 is really like what when when Instagram became Instagram. Yep. But it didn't really transform until like a couple years later. Yeah. But it's weird to say that I also have been using social media since then, mm-hmm. but not to the capacity that you have. Right. So like I'm listening to him like, okay, well, what like, what made you like, yeah. Instagram is going to be a tool for my business. Like, how did you put those two things together? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy because I was just working in a salon. So I had started out like every hairstylist, you know, I'd done assisting. I was a receptionist. I was a commission stylist, rental stylist, uh, working at a regular everyday salon. And I, again, wasn't very booked and, you know, had to use like the traditional things back then, like Groupons to try to get clients yeah, and like yeah. all those Love things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, had attracted a decent clientele, but still had lots of like holes and gaps. And I knew that there was something more out there. And so a couple of my friends actually had been using Instagram to grow their business. And I was like, okay, if they can do it in like the calligraphy world yeah. for like weddings or like photography world, like I can do that oh, for yeah. hair. And yeah, so I just started to experiment. I started to learn and like research it. But even back then, there wasn't a ton of people teaching Instagram. I mean, like, truthfully, there wasn't anybody that was like on Instagram teaching Instagram. Right. You kind of had to like go seek it out. Um, So yeah, I, I honestly, a lot of it came from me figuring out what worked and what didn't work. And I think I have a natural like branding eye. I had a eye. I used to do photography. So I think that mm. really helped, especially back then when like photos mm. were the only thing that we had. Um, and I was just a good writer. So it was like, okay, how do we combine all of these things? And then I just really understood marketing. And I think that was the biggest thing. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think to answer your question, where did it come from of like, why was Instagram the thing? Yeah. So originally when I went into teaching online education, I was going to teach like a full business course like it was gonna be this whole thing and at the time my um business coach he was like you know it feels like when we're when we're looking at all of the things that you know you want to teach that feels like a lot and I was like right. yeah it does feel like a lot and it was yeah. a lot and he was like but when you talk about Instagram specifically you get so excited and he's like why don't you just teach about Instagram and I'm so glad I did because that really helps like you know, you probably have heard people talk about niching down and like mm-hmm. getting really specific. That was the thing that helped propel me into like what I do today. And obviously now I don't just talk about Instagram, but I became known as the go-to Instagram educator in the hair industry. And so that was like such a game changer for me. You were like the Instagram guru. Yeah. And I hated that word. Ooh. Okay. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Guru just sounds so like 
bro marketer. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, it's like Tony yeah. Robbins situation. Yeah. yeah Nothing goop. against Tony Robbins. But it also like, sounds like goop. Yeah. Like guru. Yeah. Goop. Or like, I think of genie. I don't know why. Genie? Like a genie in a bottle. A oh, guru? I don't yeah, know. I guess so. It's just like what comes to mind. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still just kind of like taking it all in. Cause here's the thing with like my podcast interviews, like I don't, I just reach out to the person and say, Hey, like, do you want to do this? And then they're like, yes. And then I send them the questions and then I'm like, cool, great. So like the information that's given to me, I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I have to sit here and like instantly internalize it. Like, okay, Lisa, next question. But I'm yeah. just like, you're telling me that you just were like, Hmm, this seems to work. I think I like this. Hey, do you guys want to take a class about this? Yeah. I think, like, I, I think I know a lot about this. And then you start talking about it. And next thing you know, you build like a multi-figure fucking business. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Okay, yeah. great, guys. Thank yeah, you so much it. for listening to this podcast. That's episode. it. That's secret to success. Yeah. <laughs> that's the secret to it. Yeah. So I, I want to like channel the edit and like what, what did you do in the beginning that you started seeing the result? Like yeah. what were you, what were you posting that you were like, oh, okay, like this is what gets me the clientele. Yeah. So honestly, back in the day, and it's still the same strategies that I teach today. Ooh, listen the fuck up, guys. Okay, so, and that, that's what's so crazy about Instagram. Well, yes, it's like evolved and changed so much, but yet the strategies still work no matter what we're still doing, because it's still all marketing, mm-hmm. right? It's still commit like communication with other humans. It's client relationships. So I think one of the things that really helped me stand out in the beginning was posting content that wasn't just hair photos. And right. that's something that I've always done. Right. Um, and back in the day, I mean, people were like, no, Instagram is your portfolio. Literally. Like, don't post anything else. Like, you can't, don't, no one wants to see what you're doing on Literally. the weekends. No one wants to see any of this. And then, like, Instagram stories came out and they're like, okay, well, you can share a little bit of your life, but not too much. You know, like, yeah. there was this, this, like, mentality that, like, it had to be professional all the time. And, like, yes, to a certain point, it should be professional, but, like, why do you, hold on, why do you, you think that is? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they had that stigma? Because I'm always curious about that too. Because yeah. I've never looked at it like that either. Right. I, I feel like your brand is completely you. It's you just know? It, right because that's just, who we exactly. are. And I think you're gonna attract the people that you that want to be around you. Right. Same thing as a stylist, right? So right. That's gonna be the most important thing. And, and in fact, you don't want clients that are gonna be like, "Oh no, she's not my vibe." That's the opposite of what we want. We right. want clients that are like, "Oh no." I enjoy spending time with you. I enjoy spending time with my clients. Like that's what we want. So I think one of the biggest things was truly just showcasing more than just hair behind the chair. So whether that was, I was on a vacation and I showed like a photo from a vacation mm-hmm. um, or like kind of back in the day was like writing more in the caption, mm-hmm. not just like caramel mm-hmm. macchiato balayage oh or blonde hair balayage, you know, summer hair fun. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like actually storytelling. Right. And I think that helped people connect and relate with me. And I truthfully was able to bring in a dream clientele of people that I loved and loved me back and got the services that I charged a lot for. And mm-hmm. I made a lot of great money doing it, you know? Hmm. Yeah. It's really funny to hear you. Oh my God, there's a spider on the wall. I know. I, I, I saw him earlier cause he was in this plant. Oh, and I got a little distracted. Now he's on the wall. Hey guy, you just, he's just, look at us. Boom. He's just chilling. The ADHDs are like, Oh my God. Yep. I almost said something spider on the wall. I didn't. <laughs> um, where, where were we? Oh, so it, it's really funny though, that, like I, I totally 100% relate and totally agree with that because I would say in my career, that's all I've ever done. I've never really cared about like the hair itself. Right. I hate to say that. And this is like a great marketing hack, fucking hack that we're talking about right now. Who the fuck cares about what you do? Mm-hmm. What matters is the person behind it. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that you understood that 
so early on and we're able to to sell that through social media because that right there that has not changed and it's funny because I listen to and this is not to shade anybody by any stretch but I listen to a lot of hair companies and I listen to what a lot of people have to say because of course it's important to stay up to date with everyone has to say and I still feel like the fucking narrative is still just post really professional hair photos Mm -hmm. and you'll win and I'm like dude when are we gonna fucking yeah Come on, guys. Get with yeah. the times. It's not about yeah. It's not about the hair. Okay, yeah. we're both hairdressers. Awesome. Right. What's up to us is who we are as people. Right. Someone might like cussing, they'll come to me. Someone who, might, who likes blonde hair, they'll go to you. You know totally. what I mean? So yeah. it's about the person itself. And I just, I don't know. I just find it interesting that there's still like a lot of old school and there's still a lot yeah. of weird narrative in the hair industry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, to that point, right? Post good photos of your work. Right. Post good videos of your work. But that's not what it should only be. And I think if we focus it only on the professional image, you know, you you lose out on that human connection. You lose out on what that client experience is. You lose out on who you are. Right. And yeah, I mean, for sure, you got to add in more content than that. Yeah. So now I ask you, what is Jamie Dana's version of professionalism? Ooh, that's a good question. It's changed. Ooh, I like it. It definitely has changed. Okay. Um, when I first. Like, and also too, like I look at me as like Jamie, the hairstylist, right? And then we had Jamie, the educator. So like I've gone through different iterations there, but like definitely me, I came into the education world as like very poised, very professional. Mm, Really? And I'm getting more, like even if you go watch back some of my YouTube videos, like 2018 YouTube, like I'm very like, hi guys. Oh my gosh. Welcome to my YouTube (laughs) channel. Like, go watch it. No way. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's, it's just who it's I was. It's a milestone. It's a milestone. You know? And, like, yeah, even still, like, I have a hard time when I'm doing, like, workshops and, like, webinars where I'm, like, very professional. I'm working on breaking that down a little bit. Because okay. I think it's, like, again, we don't want to see polished perfect. Right, no. People want to see real humans. Right. So, yeah, I think that's just, like, been me evolving. And I also think, like, me changing just, like, as a human being in general, like, mm-hmm. personal life and, like my views on the world have changed so much in the last couple of years. So yeah, mm-hmm. like I would never say fuck before on a podcast <laughs> no or like anything or like, mm. yeah. And then now I will, you know what I mean? It's just things like that. You're you know? getting wild on us. <sighs> She's getting crazy. Watch out guys, you know, <laughs> but why? Okay. So th- this is my relationship with, with, with social media. Right. I feel like, um, I also went through the phase of like being poised, professional, what the fuck ever. But what I noticed is that my mental health Mm. actually took a huge toll when I was trying to be this person. How has that affected you? Yeah. Um, Being that you did kind of start the trailblaze of social media, but then did you ever feel like, "Uh, this isn't who I am? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think, you know, to that point, like burnout has happened quite a few times in my career. Um, I would say like the biggest season of burnout that I had was probably like mid 2020, Mm. um, like July, August, 2020. And I think it was because, I mean, obviously like our industry was under so much stress, right? So much, yeah. And, you know, I only own a small salon. I had two stylists at the time, but even that like was another added layer of like how to manage stylists and what should we do and what's right. And being in California, it was a whole situation. So like what was right, what wasn't right, how to show up on social media. Like there would be people in my YouTube comments that were like, I had posted a video that was like filmed pre COVID. Mm -hmm. So no masks. 
and people were like going oh, off on me shit. and so i like had to like make a disclaimer like this was filmed before you know or like things like that or like right. i can't believe you're doing your mom's hair with a mask on like just it was just craziness so trying to show up on social media and i i definitely had taken this on myself um of just like i have to be there for stylists because stylists do not know what they're doing right now no one knows what they're doing so like who can be that voice for them and I took I put a lot of pressure on myself to be honest um and I've talked about this a little bit but I created a course in the midst of all of that called beauty business rebuilder of like how to cancel your clients how to rebuild how to start back up appointments and all of that stuff and it worked um and the crazy thing was when I built that course like I built the method I didn't know if it was going to work I just was like I mean, if I was in the salon, this is what I would would do. do. And like, I was like, well, hope it works. And people were like, it worked. And I was like, cool. Thank God. But like, at the end of the day, like I knew that people didn't know what to do. And so they just needed somebody to tell them what to do. It was like, we're running around with chickens with our head cut off. We just needed to be like, go in that direction. So I was like, I'll, I'll be that person. But it took a huge toll on me mentally. Um, and you know, I, I grew my team a lot that year. It was like our biggest year that we ever had revenue wise, which is wild, but it also took a lot off you know from me Mm -hmm. and that kind of continued into 2021 and then even throughout 2021 I definitely had a lot of like mental health stuff going on too um which you don't see you know what I mean you never see behind the scenes or on Instagram you don't see that um and I shared a little bit about I have a video about like how to heal your burnout not heal your burnout but like how to overcome burnout as a hairstylist so I like talk a little bit about it but I didn't talk about it a ton and I think probably people felt it, you know, like when you're just not on stories as much or you're a little bit more quiet or whatever. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like for me. I think mm. like it's been a process over the last three years of like how I showed up on Instagram pre burnout, pre COVID really. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I show up now it's a little different. Yeah, for sure. Well, and to no feet of your own. I mean, the reason I can only imagine, okay, let me backtrack. There's a huge divide between, the OGs and the new age yeah. because the OGs were kind of taught you build this brand presence with this one specific criteria and you show up as a certain way. Whereas now like my brand, this is, this is it 24 seven. So I feel for the OGs who have kind of trailblazed has helped us kind of come into the world. You have kind of had to wear the mask because you set the standard, right? But now we're moving into a way of social media where it's not like that anymore. Right. You get you get to be you get to say fuck. Mm-hmm. You get to be whoever you want to be. You get to be ugly on social media. You don't yeah. have to wear makeup. Right. You can show up in sweatpants and whatever. You can show up half naked for fuck's sake. You yeah. know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And I think, um, I think like that's like a common thread that I always get asked about. How do you navigate each phase? Kind of mm-hmm. like what you had said. And I'm like, well, really, it, it was me just tuning into myself. Like, yes. I'm not, I'm not well, Mm -hmm. I, I am showing up as someone who I'm not authentically, who I am not authentically. And I noticed a huge shift in my business in my life, my mental health, everything. When I started showing up as myself Mm -hmm. now, I went off topic here, but I always say that I always have a special place in my heart for the OGs because you guys didn't really have that opportunity. Yeah. You created a mask. Right. And then who you were in real life might've been totally different. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it was like dramatically different, sure, you know, no. I'm there's, like, I will say there's some. song and dance. Yeah. There's for some. me it wasn't, I tried to still be like authentic to that, but I definitely feel like I shared 
parts of myself that I wouldn't share now, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Because I felt like, okay, well then in order to be like authentic and real that I need to show up in this way. And like, I don't know, for me, it's just changed a little bit. So like, yes, I do share bits and pieces of myself, but there's a whole world that I live outside of social media that people don't know about. And to me, that's been like me kind of reclaiming like what feels right for me. Right. And I think like what you had just said to that point is just like checking it with yourself and like checking in with your gut. So like, I guess anybody listening to this, that's like feeling how much do I show up? How much should I share? Should I not share? Uh, What do I say? It's like check in with yourself and your gut. And at the end of the day, it's social media. You know what I mean? Like it's really not. And like, yeah, I I would say do what feels right for you. I love that. Yeah. And And, and, and maybe for some people that is sharing it all. Right. And like for them, that is healing and it's amazing. And like, that's great for me. That's not the case. There's a lot of parts of me that I just don't need to. Right. I'm good with that. You know? And there, there's some, there's a lot of truth to be said about that because I have also battled with that. I thought I wanted to be an influencer. I thought I wanted to be this person that shows up online 24 seven. And I tried it for like a brief stint and I was like, Oh no, fuck this. And then I, I've, I've found my happy balance. But I think a lot of times, a lot of stylists, especially lately, because marketing has changed so much, Mm -hmm. they are struggling with that balance because like, Oh, I need to show up so much. And you're hearing it from Jimmy Dana herself. It's not a it's not this all or nothing thing. It constantly evolves and it constantly changes. And the biggest thing you always need to do is check in with yourself. Like we're, how do I feel about my marketing? How do I feel about being present online? Yeah. Cause I get that it's a huge part of our job, but ultimately if you're not feeling good doing it, why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah. And I mean, it was to the point where like back then, you know, I was filming, like I never let my story bubble expire really so that was, oh yeah that was like a rule of mine what and like okay. I felt guilty like <gasps> legit I'd be like oh, I haven't posted in the last 24 hours people are gonna know like they're gonna they're gonna think what's wrong with her and like that was also just the mentality of like social media at that time yeah it was um yeah like I had to show up on stories all the time so like every single thing throughout my day I'd be thinking about okay what can become content? And it wasn't even like me saying that, but it was just like part of my life. Mm-hmm. That I was like, oh, this isn't really that interesting, but like, how do I make it interesting? Or like, right. how do I show up? And I actually really struggled when I stopped working in the salon, stopped taking clients Dude. and worked from home. I was like, <sighs> how am I relatable? Like I can't just post my office all day, every day, right? Wow. Um, oh my gosh. That was truly something that I struggled with for probably a year and a half. Like, and I- Fantastic. I don't struggle with it now because I've, You've now been, I've it. done, like, I've been out of the salon for five years. I've had oh to figure gosh. it out, you know, yeah. but yeah. So I think like my brain was always thinking like, what can be content? How do we make this interesting? How do we make this cool? Yeah. And like to the point where, you know, I'd be on vacation and I'm like, okay, hold on. I gotta, I gotta go take photos while I'm on vacation so I can post a wrap up post so that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it had to be perfect. And now I go on trips and like people don't even don't know even about know, it. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I take videos for me, but yeah. like literally I've been all over the world this year and like people didn't know. Right. And they don't need to know, you know, I guess now, you know, but there you go. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing that is so honestly healing because I'm transitioning out of the salon and I do want to ask about that. Yeah. I'm transitioning out of the salon because I want to build sock and I want to build the podcast. Mm-hmm. And while I love doing hair, I love helping people more, mm-hmm. you know, and God damn this transition. I just was talking about it. It has been the hardest thing I've ever fucking done in my yeah. entire life. Yeah. And it's not even the re- re- the relatability part for me. It was who the fuck am I outside of this? Mm, yeah. Who, who I I'm Lisa G the hair says. Yeah. 
but I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no. well, what am I then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like for me, I didn't struggle with that as much, probably a little bit right in the beginning, but I think just redefining what life looks like. Right. So yes. not necessarily like identity wise, but just like, okay, I wake up, I don't have a client. Like that. Okay. What? So now I do this. You know what I mean? Um, And I think like what was really helpful for me was I knew the reason why I stepped away from taking clients. And I told all my clients this. I was like, I love helping people so much, like you just said. And with my clients, I can only serve like 100 to 200 people. Right. But when I help hairstylists, I can help tens of thousands of now at this point, hundreds of thousands of stylists who then get to impact their clients Mm -hmm. and how many people are now impacted by the work that I get to do is so much more like I'm called for bigger things. Right. It's not just about me and with my client and I love me and my clients, but at the same time I I knew it was like meant to do. You were destined for more. More. Right. Um, And to be able to impact more people. So yeah, I think like kind of to your point, like it comes down to you're a person who wants to help and impact humanity in whatever way that looks like for you. You're going to do it just in a different way. Just in a different capacity. Yeah. And there's a rough transition in it all, just <laughs> just to let everyone know. Yeah. So I feel like we could talk about all these topics for literally 12 hours. Probably. Like this is, <laughs> I, we could talk about social media and transition and fucking everything for mm-hmm. fucking forever. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's go back to some of the questions that we got, because we got a lot of good questions too, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously I've talked about, you guys, if you guys don't follow Jimmy Dana, you need to go follow her. Truly, she's helped me just... I have, I have a potential, if that makes sense. Like, I, ha- I had a potential. I could use social media. Mm-hmm. Do I know how? No. Do I know in what way? No. But I could try it. And so she kind of gave me the the light, like the, the, the green light, you know? Like, hey, just just try this, you yeah. know? And just see, see what works. Yeah. So I feel like that is what you've done for a lot of people. So obviously, you've been doing this for how long? Uh, teaching, like seven years. Okay. Yeah. So out of the seven years, where has that put you? Where are you now? <sighs> So it's funny. I feel like I'm now coming out of like this. I've been in like a metamorphosis stage like a for reborn. like the last like couple years. Yeah. yeah. I feel um, it from your social media. Oh, like oh I probably. Feel yeah. It. And if people who followed me probably felt that they're like, oh, she's a little quieter, not on stories as much. And that's fine. She's growing, um, growing and, and just doing a lot of like internal work, you know? Sure. So obviously I still teach Instagram, but kind of where I'm going this next year, which I'm really excited about is I know. And I've only like shared this a couple places. So um, you're hearing it here. Guys first, are hearing it first. Much. Um, I am going to transition into helping new stylists and cosmetology students and really help them understand the foundations of hair. So like basic technique type of stuff, um, how to do a highlight, how to do a root touch up, that kind of stuff, but also the basics of business and like understanding, like how to do a proper consultation, like basically all the things that we wish we could have been taught in beauty school. That's what I want to do. And I feel like there's so much more that needs to be done in that area. And I feel like probably every single person agrees with me on this, that like beauty school did not set us up for success. Nope. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to a stylist. who's like, I had the best beauty school experience. Like I walked away knowing everything I need to know. And not that that's going to happen because it takes time, but like for the majority of us, like our beauty school system is broken. And I feel like the education system, I mean, education in America is a whole nother topic, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) beauty school education is just not great. And like, how do we, change that and so like I'm on this mission to change that through just my education so we're gonna be coming out with some fun stuff in the next year specifically geared towards cosmetology students and new stylists it's the stuff that I wish I would have had it's the 
it's the mentor I wish I would have had um, that I just didn't, you know. So are you telling me that straight out of Cosmo and Jamie Dana need a partner? Because that's going to say what she is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because yeah. it, it, the number one thing that we've we've done is mm-hmm. we've we've changed the industry as a whole. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, what I've also seen, which you probably have, too, is these baby stylists come into the industry and they have these wild expectations. Yeah. yeah partly because of it's our fault social media we made it yeah you know yeah. and so they're seeing oh i want to be the next jamie dana yeah. oh well babe she has like 10 plus years of experience on her belt yeah like you yeah. kind of gotta work through that and then yeah. instantly shut down anxiety they don't do it they get out of the industry yeah, yeah. and they're like well I, I can't do it because well they aren't really equipped with the tools yeah being I mean, the mentor that they didn't have yeah and i get it like i right. can't I imagine it. Like, I remember coming into the industry and feeling, like, intimidated just because of who I worked with at my salon or whatever. But now it's, like, social media. Like, if a client brought me a photo of a Pinterest photo, like, I would have literally no idea what I'm doing, you know? Right. So just like that, we've up-leveled the industry, which is amazing. Right. But that also means it's more intimidating for people coming in. Um, and I just, like, want to get back to the basics of, like, and how the rudimentary. do we set up our business and career right. for success? The yeah. rudimentary... Like we, you're right. The industry as a whole, oh my God, I, I could, this is so fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah. The industry as a whole, fantastic. It's elevated, right? Mm-hmm. But why the hell hasn't the rudimentary, the foundation of our education also evolved? Yeah. Yeah. Like love you board of cosmetology. Be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? No. Why aren't we most funny. lady? Come on. Yeah. I feel like the board of cosmetology, they've been like on Facebook now and they send no me emails. Way. Oh my God. Yeah, I like, know. It's 2023. Where you guys been? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Email? Yeah. Oh. email i'm on their email list me too oh that's great and they send the same five emails at once uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. every yeah. day uh-huh so great yeah you guys are doing so good yeah. see i just i don't know i find it kind of funny ironic that we as an industry are evolving so fucking rapidly mm-hmm. and they talk about it like again we're not here to trash talk but like this is facts like this is like the facts i feel like everybody would agree with us on this one yeah. right we we have evolved we uh, the, the people of the industry are changing the industry mm. But then the baseline, like the standard yeah. is still at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think, I think to their benefit, I think there are some schools who are yes. out there that are trying. And I love that. Me too. But I would say that's not the standard. It's not the standard. And like, that's what I want to. Like, can we like, just. Yeah. I'm, I'm a data nerd. Like people. I mean, if you've been in my world, you probably know this, but like, I love numbers. I love mm. data. I'm like, I love researching. I want to know like what the actual stats are of our industry. When mm-hmm. people come out of beauty school, how equipped are they? Can they do a basic blow dry? I couldn't. No, I couldn't either. I couldn't do a highlight. I couldn't um, even use a curling iron. No. And so like. <laughs> Took me two years to learn. But that was nine months. Like what right. were we doing for nine months? Wrapping perms? Yeah, we were. Like doing roller sets? Like come on, you know? Yeah, and I, I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> what the hell? Because I, I was on live and they were asking me about like what did I take during state boards? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I did. A, I did a. Oh, it was an S wave. It was yeah. a roller set. You had to do the whole HUD that had Perm. all four. Yep, yep, yep. They don't four do quadrants. The, I guess they don't do that anymore. No, they don't. Which that's Thank God. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no hands on anymore. What? Jamie. Since when? Baby, they got rid of that shit like a couple months ago. Oh, okay. And it's dropped down to a thousand hours. Yeah, I knew that. So it's but just I, theory, and, and and that's kind of like where I feel like you and I come in, right? Right. Bridge that gap. Yes. Between. Because who knows? Maybe they'll get rid of hours completely. Maybe beauty school will be uh, <sighs> <I'm> stressed. <laughs> but also at the same time, like I know a lot of people, this is super controversial. But like at the same time, could that be a good thing? I I, I agree. Oh, I agree. Right? Like oh, it, I agree. If, 
if we had salons stepping up and having really good educational programs and had like amazing internships that weren't, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, and, and, and weren't like just using your assistants to be shampoo bitches. You know what I mean? Like actually had good programs, had mentorships and, then you combine it with things like online education and had these stylists that were like eager and hungry to want to learn to grow. Like, I actually think that beauty school is relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, is. besides like understanding health and safety. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like that could be like a 50 hour course. It'd be so easy. I mean, tattoo artists don't have to go to school I know. and they're like injecting ink, ink. into that can cutting the skin yeah. and like be very infectious. Like yeah. we don't even do that. So I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's my take on it. But either way, that's why you and I do the work because right. we're building that industry whether they went to beauty school or didn't, you know? Yeah. So I agree with you. And I don't say that often about the beauty school thing. Yeah. Because people always ask, well, do you have to have a license to be part of your app? And I say, no. Yeah, why? Why the fuck would I? Yeah. If somebody wanted to learn about how to be better in this industry. I don't give a fuck if they have a license. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they went to school right. because ultimately some of the best backyard hairdressers end up being super successful in the industry yeah. without a license. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's crazy. But realistically, yes, the licensing teaches you sanitation, which I totally understand. Mm. But, but half but the like, time, how much are we actually doing? That? Please. please <laughs> I, I literally was on please. Instagram this oh morning. Okay. Like tea time. I was on Instagram this morning and I think one of the big hair accounts posted this like thing. It was like, hairdresser confessions or something and yeah. people were like yeah last time my brushes were ever in barbicide was like the 90s i'm like yeah like not gonna lie no, dude <laughs> like, fucking oh, same actually uh delaware doesn't have rules like this so when i came here and oh. i worked at a salon and they were like barbicide this barbicide, i was like what yeah i mean i keep it clean i'm wrong but like yeah i don't do like all I, that stuff i don't do the brushes all the time no like combs I'd, and clips sure I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say combs clips yeah, yeah. for sure but yeah, brushes yeah. no yeah. They're, they're fine yeah, yeah. just oh Anyways, it's so refreshing to hear that though, because yes, like ultimately, even as a photographer, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have any licensing, anything, any education for that fucking matter. And some of the best photographers are published in Vogue and all these crazy magazines without any experience. So why, why do we, why do we have such a weird thing about that? Because ultimately beauty school only really teaches you sanitation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just another way for the government to get money from us. But I'm, I not, digress. I'm, not, I'm not like a I digress. person that really talks too much of that, but like me either. Let's but be real. I agree. You know, so hey, I don't know. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, Hey, um, Oh my gosh, Jamie, we have, we have to do <laughs> this has to be a habitual thing. I was going to say, gosh. yeah, is this, there's a lot of topics we can really dive into. Definitely. Um, so here we are now. So you really want to help the youth. Yeah. Your, your mission is to help help because, okay. I would say what my mission, the reason why is, yeah, I didn't have the help. Yeah. Right. Um, we didn't have the support. We it just, again, we paved the way of the industry for the people coming up, but what I'm seeing, which you probably are too, is there's this, and I talked about this on another episode. There's this wave of stylists who are crippled with anxiety mm. crippled with depression yeah. and i've seen it i just i left a salon and i watched i watched my team it's it sounds so sad i watched them die in like in my hands yeah because i wanted to teach a certain way and i was i got a lot of pushback about it mm. But because I understand how anxiety works, you have to nurture that, that shit. I mean, they have so much against them. They yeah. have this giant world of social media and all these like big wigs and all these people who are naturally good at social media or what so they say or right. whatever. But 
yeah, there's like this huge influx of stylists who are leaving as soon as they get in because they don't know, they don't know where to go yeah. and they don't have the help to do it because not a lot of people are willing to sit down with them on the floor, hands and knees right. and say, Hey, what do you need? Right. How can I help you? Yeah. And, and to be honest, when I was a stylist, you know, I had my assistant, you know, I, I mentored her and stuff, but Sometimes when you are a stylist, like working behind the chair, you mm-hmm. also don't, that's like another part-time that's job to mentor job. Yep. a stylist. And I get it, you know, and it's like, they're being paid, you know, there's a, there's a lot of dynamics to that situation. Yeah. And so that's like where I feel like something like what you're doing or what I want to do comes in. It again, bridges that gap mm-hmm. for the stylist. Who's like, okay, I know I need to learn this. How do I learn this? Mm-hmm how do I kind of get that mentorship? But like not every salon has mentorship. Not no. every salon has the drive. Not every stylist has even the time and capacity to do right. that. And sometimes you need an assistant. So it's like, I don't know, just trying to like find ways to support them that maybe isn't offered right now. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing bad to say about that. You know, I, I, I just would respect people a lot more if they would just say, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't have the mental capacity totally. to teach yeah. you. I think if, if we just had a little bit more communication in the world collectively, yeah. I think um, a lot of the stigma would end. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can yeah. go, I can go on for days about that, <laughs> but um, okay. So here we go. Let's do a brief little synopsis. Okay. So Jamie Dana has now paved the way for the hair industry, right? And with social media. Now she wants to pave the way for the newbies. Right. So what are some, what are some like highlights that you've experienced through all of this that you're like, yes, I did that. Dang. I mean, Own I, that shit. I honestly like there's, there's things that I've done. I'm like, Holy crap. I did that. What? That's amazing. You know? Um, I think even just building the business that I have, you know, we've reached multiple seven figures at this point, have a team. Wow. Um, and it's, it's so fun. Like, I love it when people are like, Oh, so, like, you know, you're on a plane and mm-hmm. they're like, what do you do? Yeah. yeah usually yeah. if it's like a, a guy, I'm like, yeah, I'm the CEO of a seven figure, uh, education company. And they're like, Oh wow, that's cool. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, it's so Fuck crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so like just even being able to do that and like all before I was 30 years old, which wow. is just wild. Um, and yeah, like I think it, some of the other cool things is like being able to speak all around the world. Like I am so grateful that when I travel to teach or get to speak at these events, I'm like, I literally did this because I like posted on Instagram and I like created an email list and I like recorded myself making videos. Like that's wild to me. And I know you like you've kind of shared that. Like you're like, what am I doing? What is going this is on? crazy. Yeah. What is what? this? Is this real life? Yeah. And I think like the biggest impact, like I was just at um Masters of Balayage had me come out to Nashville a couple months ago to to speak at their event. It was like, you know, six hundred people or something. Casual. Which is just like no big deal. Cool in and of itself. But the impact of like what kills me every time is like when people are like oh my gosh I watched your YouTube videos when I was in beauty school oh my gosh like I like you got me through beauty school you got me through my first year and I'm like whoa like and they probably have never once commented maybe they're not even a student of mine like whatever or they're like I was an original member of oh hot gram which was my first course and like that's just crazy Like, like I've impacted so many lives that I don't even know about. And I think like probably same for you. Like we don't realize the impact that we've been able to make. And that's just like, even people listening to this, I won't know some of the people that listen to this, Yeah, but yet I've been able to hopefully impact their life. And so that's to me like the coolest thing. And I think like when there's days when I'm like, why am I doing this? Or like, what am I doing? I always go back to the visualization of like, there's 
a girl in Kansas. And I don't know why I picked Kansas. I think because being in California, Kansas feels just like so far away. But there's a girl in Kansas and she has a client tomorrow and she doesn't know what she's going to do. And so she logs on to my YouTube channel and she finds the video, whatever she needs. And like she's able to do her client the way that she needs to. And like that's who I do it for Mm. every single thing. Um, And that like has impacted me so much. Yeah, it's very it's a very selfless job. It is. And at the same time, it's like obviously I get there's so much that has come so much reward for me too. you know. Yeah, I mean, getting to travel around the world, going to Ireland, going to God, Spain, going Ireland. Yeah, like <laughs> there's so many places, and like I hope I'm planning on traveling a lot more this next year. Yeah, with what I'm doing, and like hope I can. But um, yeah, it's just wild. Like getting to do the collaboration with Framar, that was like a I huge know, thing. Yeah, crazy. like that was kind of like one of those moments where I was like, they no, they did not say yes. Like, did they really say yes to me? Like Jamie? Like I don't think of myself being that big so like even when you were saying earlier like you're an og like what i don't i don't i don't view you're like shut the fuck up who are you talking about yeah yeah because i think of other people in that way you know other people that i look up to Mm -hmm. so it's just like weird to think that like oh i'm that for somebody else you know yeah very humble no thank you (laughs) yeah you don't hear that often really no not here in california no offense Mm. to californians but anyway (laughs) that um yeah, it sounds like the common root of all of this is just a very, like, selfless act. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just, you do it because, you know, you can help people. And at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. And I was going to ask you, so, like, at the end, like, because I find that my moments in my life where I'm like, why did I move here? Why did I sell my salon and fucking do this? Like, yeah. I'm exhausted. But you think back, oh, yeah, I remember that person I didn't have. I want to be that for somebody else. Because I would hope that, you know, I could help someone. Yeah build their dream life, build whatever it might look like, whether, right. whatever, whether they're a hairstylist or they're a salon owner yeah. or how they may even if open a school, who the fuck knows, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that, if there's anything that I would say to anybody who is like, Oh, what's the key to success? That that's what it is. It success isn't, it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's not about the fortune. It's about the ability to, to change someone for forever. Because there might be like one little thing that you might have said 10 years ago. For sure. That changed someone's perspective for the rest of their life. Yeah. And that's what keeps you, that, that's what wakes you up in the morning. Yeah. And people have said that to me. They're like, oh my gosh, one time on Instagram stories, you said this one thing. I'm like, I don't, don't remember, remember what I said. saying that at all. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it, it impacted my life. And I think back to someone who impacted my life in that way. You know what I mean? And like when I tell my story of like, how did you get into online education? I was like, I was watching Periscope and this girl on Periscope who I kind of know still now, but like she was just like, yeah, if you know something a little bit more than someone else, you can teach that and you should do it in an online course. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. Fuck it, I'm going to do it. Crazy, you know, that one little thing, that one little live stream. The green light. Yeah, yeah. That was your green light. Yeah, yeah. For you to go. I um, I keep grazing over this YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, uh, guys, if you know anything about me, I wasn't really raised in like the YouTube world. Um, I didn't watch YouTube. I didn't watch TV. Also, growing up, yeah, I still don't. I still don't watch YouTube that much. Okay. A little bit. So it's really funny that you say this because I have a podcast. I don't listen to podcasts. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like do education but i don't necessarily always watch it if right. it makes any sense yeah. like, it really depends on the person either way it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter so youtube yeah like she's huge on youtube 
I don't know if you guys know this, but she's like massive on YouTube. Well, if you've just come in the industry in the last couple of years, you might not know me because I haven't been posting that Touché. much. But okay. you still might because my content still comes up, which is crazy. Yeah. It, no, it does. I remember like a couple like a couple like months ago, I was looking at something and just getting inspiration, right? Yep. And the yep. da, 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 I was like, Jamie Dan, I was like, shut the fuck up. And it yeah. looked I looked at it, it was like years oh, ago. Yeah. I was like, she don't even look like this. That's a that's a hi guys, welcome to my YouTube channel video. Yeah. Yep. So talk to me about YouTube. Like yeah. why why YouTube? What was the purpose? What is the purpose of YouTube? Yeah, it's crazy. So YouTube's kind of one of those things. I say I stumbled upon it, but not really. Like anything in my business I'm very intentional about. So yes, like it's not right. a stumble upon, but also but like a kind of is. like Yeah. So take it back to like 2015, 2016. I was like, okay, I'll do online courses, but I, I'll tell you one thing right now. I will never have a YouTube channel. I will never do video. Like I literally said oh. that. And I think it, I, I mean, at the time YouTube and video was like way different than it is now. I mean, For there's sure. so many more tools and cameras and whatever, but yeah, I was like, that's just so much, so complicated. And, um, to be honest, I don't really know what was like the thing that like got me started into it, but I started to make hair videos, like just on my phone with my assistant. And I was like, you know what? I think like we should film this, like we should just film me and my clients. And I wanted to do something different on YouTube because at the time it was like Guy Tang Mm -hmm. and I had like watched his content. Um, and he helped me like on those days where I'm like, crap, I've got a balayage tomorrow. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know how to do a balayage, you know? So I had him and then there was like Sam Via mm-hmm. and then there was like free salon education, Matt Beck. And other than that, there wasn't a lot. I mean, there was a couple other out there, but like maybe a handful, um, of people on YouTube. And I was like, let's try this out. And a lot of YouTube videos at the time were very much like set up a tripod, set up an iPhone and I do a voiceover to it, which is fine. But I was like, I love vlogging. I wanted to do something different. So I was like, I want it to feel like somebody's in the salon standing next to me as I'm doing my client. Hmm. Um, And so all of my YouTube videos are very much like, okay, here's what, like, as if you were my assistant, this Hmm. is how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like helped it do better and different because it was something different. It wasn't just me, you know, doing a time-lapse video with me voiceover. It was like much more interactable, I guess. Um, and yeah, I just kind of found what worked to be honest though. I did study YouTube for about six months before I got on YouTube. And that's what really helped my success was I understood how to title the videos and thumbnail Mm. and keywords and SEO. So like I really studied the platform, even how to create content before I just like posted on there. And the first video I posted like has well over a million views. Yeah. So I have quite a few videos that have over a million at this point, which to me is like, crazy like it is actually crazy especially when there's people that have been on youtube for a lot longer that like don't have that i'm like oh okay yeah i guess like they did really well so being able to be searched and coming up in search terms helped a lot but yeah i love youtube Mm. i miss it um and it's been like two and a half years since i've posted on youtube really yeah just took a break i needed a mental health break yep um youtube is a lot especially like during covid i took a break during covid because we literally could not film content because oh, I couldn't yeah, like I bring not. models in. Yeah, it was like so not. weird. Cause yeah, you guys were more strict than Delaware was. Yeah. 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 I was in Delaware during COVID. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, we couldn't really film. Um, and then I came back and did like maybe nine months worth of content after COVID. And I was like, I need another break. Um, I had gone through, like I had a health scare at the time. Oh. I was going through a lot of stuff in my personal life and I just was tapped out. That was the second time I had like really bad burnout. Mm. Um, it was like the end of 2021. And so I was like, I'm, I'm stopping YouTube. I'm stopping newsletters. Like I just need to pull back and go into maintenance mode. 
Um, and I've been in maintenance mode for two and a half years. Um, but the YouTube channel is coming back. Okay. We're coming back. And I'm really excited. I think like one thing that's held me back from like getting back into YouTube was like, well, now I have to come back and make it better. It has to be more editing, more crazy content. And I'm like, no, like the content that's like seven years old of baby Jamie, like still, still does well. And it still helps people. Yeah. And like, that's what I have to remember of like, oh yeah, people come here because they want to learn something, not because they want to see the coolest and latest editing exactly. style, you know, cater to your audience. Yeah. And like the videos that did well had my crappy camera and like, it still works. So it per, it the information's still there. It's still good content. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter how they consume it. The information is still there. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times people, um, cause I myself do it all the time. So I'm like hearing that. And I'm like, Oh wow. And OG saying this, it's so funny. Cause I did this to Carly too. Mm. I'd be like, Oh, OG said it. And she, she started laughing and yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't fangirl over people yeah. by any, by any stretch. I just no. think it's odd. Yeah. No offense to anyone who does it. I just think it's weird. Yeah. But when, when I respect someone, mm. I'm like, that's different. Yeah. I don't, I'm not fangirling. I'm like, fuck, I respect her for saying that, you know? Yeah. So hearing that, um, that you're like, oh, it needs to be better. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be whatever. But in reality, it doesn't really matter. Right. Because I also, I'm like, oh, my TikTok right now, it's dead. It's been dead for quite some right. time. Right, right. And I'm like, fuck, I need to roll out some real juicy yeah. shit. Some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But in reality, like, people don't necessarily, like, you got to think back, why the hell did they start following in the first place? Yeah. Okay, well, just maintain that shit. Yeah. Obviously, the evolution, whatever, you want to try new things out, totally fine. Right. But I think, like, this would help a lot of people. It, it you don't always have to like evolve and get bigger and get yeah. crazier. Yeah, you can truly just stick to your guns because ultimately, sometimes when you try to evolve and you get bigger and you better, you lose sight, lose focus, and you lose your passion. Yeah, and you start doing things that are just like unnecessary. Right, like it literally doesn't make the content and information any better. It no. just took you ten times longer, longer. to edit it and more or expensive. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the case would be. Like I'd have to hire a way bigger team to be able to do that. And I'm like, okay. I like, could do it back how I used to do it. You right. Know? Yeah. Plus, I, I don't know. There's just something about, like, yeah, like, I don't have my assistant anymore, and I don't have, like, my space anymore. I don't I don't have, like, a, a place, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember when I shut down the studio, and, like, I basically downsized. There was something so beautiful about that. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you have, the tools you have, or the space you have. It does right. not matter. What matters is you and just your ability to create or to perform or whatever the case may be. So I think uh, artists naturally just, when they start to understand that there's potential, they kind of naturally evolve. And sometimes they get in their head and they get in their way. Yeah. Um, but here here you have it. Someone who's been doing it for quite some time, she still does it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like literally, I, and it's funny, some people label it self-sabotage. I don't think of it as self-sabotage. I just think that it's the perfectionism. Yep. You know what I mean? It's yep. the... Like I have such a growth mindset mm. and that's just like literally like I can't turn it off. Like it's crazy Do that <laughs> I just, I, I want to grow. I want to get yes. better. I want to, I want to learn things. Like I, I literally, learn. I want to yes. learn. Oh my God. Like I'm literally like, okay, any moment I can learn. I love it. You know? Yeah. Um, which is great. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, pull back. It's okay like, to like down. not be productive right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's like where it comes from. It's just like, I want to be better. I want to get more fancy with things but then at the same time it's like sometimes you just have to simplify it sometimes you just have to get it out there because again going back to that girl in kansas she needs it mm -hmm. and 
by me saying like, oh, well, I have to wait till I get the right editor or whatever. It's like, no, then the information isn't getting to who actually needs it. Bingo. And then it's like, that's just me being selfish at this point. Right. Because I want to look cooler or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. There's a book. Are you into reading books? I am. Yeah. Um, you need to read a creative a creative way of being. I've never read that one, but I've heard about it. Pl- yeah. Dude. Okay. It has, especially as artists mm-hmm. uh, and as people who love growth. Yeah. It has helped me understand it more and compartmentalize it to get me to slow down. Yeah. Because it, you have to, it's cool. incredible. I've only read a couple pages. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is fucking amazing. I'm on this book right now called quit like a millionaire. Ooh. It is like, okay, but I will preface with this. It is for the people who love math, love numbers, love finances and love data. Okay. If you don't love that stuff, you'll probably hate this book. Not me, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah, my brain works like that. Eventually I would love to go into teaching finances for yeah. hairstylists. Yes. I've, I've dabbled in it a little bit, but again, self-sabotage. I'm like, well, I'm not like a financial advisor, dude. Um, Oh my God. Are you twins or fucking what? Yeah. My God. I know. So I know bare Anyways. minimum, even, even like the bare minimum, I'm like, Mm-mm, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I love it. I'll tell you about finances all day. And I like to break it down and make it simple. And I think that's like what people need. Yeah. That's hairstyles. Especially so. as hairstyles. Oh my God. That's a whole other pocket of those. I know. My, my, my team's like, okay, just, just roll it out. Just get it out there. I'm like, ah. You're like, you know, mm, I know. That doesn't sound right. So if you're listening to this, send me a DM. Ooh, push Jamie. me in that direction. <laughs> We, we might have to do a whole, we should just do a podcast episode where you talk about it. Yes. And then it'll propel you into it doing will. it. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot, we have a lot to discuss after this. My God. So speaking of growth. Yeah. So I want to preface this. Okay. So a big fan of Framar, long time, right? Love their stuff. Love them as people. And then I saw a collaboration this is the, f- and now correct me if I'm wrong, this yeah. is the first collaboration they've ever done with a stylist. First and only. First and only. Yeah, like like in this way. They've right. done like products and stuff. Right, no, no, but no. Yeah. But this was this was huge. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Yeah. Why? Who are we in in Hawaii? I want to know all the details. Like how, how what? Yeah, so huge accomplishment. Like Major. on my end, I definitely am like so grateful for the opportunity. And like, it just was, it was a very fun project. It was a very challenging project, probably one of the hardest projects that I've done in a very long time, mm. like emotional roller coaster. Let's just sure. put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I've been friends with them for years and years and years. And, you know, throughout the years, they would come to me asking like for ideas or concepts or just not even necessarily asking for concepts, but they would like run things by me like, hey, we have this idea to do this. You know, what are your thoughts? Um, so I would share my feedback with them. And so... I want to say this was like 2021 um, French had sent me a text message like, Hey, we're thinking about doing this collection. You know, what are your thoughts on it? And I was like, actually um, I have an idea for you guys. Like, do you have time for a meeting next week? And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I created the whole pitch deck. And for those of you who didn't follow along um, on my YouTube channel, there's a whole five part docu series that shows the behind the scenes. So you literally watch me in the very, like in that moment, pitch them this idea and, you know, I was hoping they'd say yes, but I was also like, I'm just Jamie Dana. Like, why would they say yes to me? Like, they've said no to so many people. Like, there's been other people that have come to them with ideas similar. And what got them to say yes was the fact that we were going to do a docuseries along with it. Mm. So basically, I took on the production and and basically I was like producer, director, not editor, but like yeah, basically yeah, yeah. a producer of the docuseries. Um, and because I had my background of YouTube and also like background of 
not filmmaking, but like understanding like vlogs and stuff. They were like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, we did the collection. It was one of the most challenging things that I've ever done. I definitely learned a lot from it. Um, and I don't think it's my last docu-series. Not with Ooh. them necessarily, but I would okay. love to do a docu-series again. Okay. Yeah. I learned a lot from it for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. I still have a whole collection. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I have it in the back. Yeah. I still use your board. <laughs> yeah. So good. All the time. Yeah. Th- those bowls. Everyone's like so salty that they didn't get the bowls. And I'm like, we told you they'd sell out. So I, yeah. it's funny because I collect all of Framar stuff. Cause that's so do PR, I. You know? Yeah. You should see my back room. Okay. So yeah. we're, I, my yeah. PR room is just Framar. Yeah. And it's just hundreds of just shit stacked yeah. but i won't touch it yeah because oh, I, I i like have like limited edition ones and yeah. i'm like i bet you i could sell these on the internet you Dude, know stop because <laughs> i i keep saying that i'm like one day this is gonna be worth like a million dollars yeah i mean those bowls they are worth a lot and the brushes <laughs> yeah the brushes brushes too. brushes rolls cat yeah. clips yeah i lose the cl- i do use the clips i used to i I used to use the clips. I don't anymore. Now I collect everything. Yeah. Now I just don't touch everything. Yeah. I use it for our social suite. Sure. Um, so I'll, for those of you who don't know, I have a membership that's like stock photos and, and content for hairstylists. Yeah. So my prop boxes is like takes up a whole section in my garage. But um, yeah, I use all of their stuff for that too. So I'm like allowed to collect it. I'm allowed to have all this stuff because I use it for props. But Absolutely. yeah, it's crazy. It Mine is. just sits in my room. Yeah. But just, it's one day. It's one day it's gonna be worth a lot. I keep telling myself, if and when I decide to open another salon, I'm gonna do a wall. Oh yeah, of just a frame our wall. That'd of be awesome. all the of just the foils. Yeah, all the other tools I don't really know yet, but I think I just yeah. frame our wall. I love it. Foils, yeah. like a whole stacked box. That'd be just so all, cool. What like a whole like yeah like a gallery. Yeah, I just love all it. the different things. I should yeah. date it too. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's incredible though. Yeah. The frame are, I remember seeing the docuseries and yeah. seeing the whole process and it took you like a year. Yeah. It was like over a year and a couple months at that point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. From concept, from me pitching them all the way to the finish. Um, and it was so cool. I mean, it was, it was fun to see a collection come to life. Yeah. You know, for me, I knew I always wanted to have a physical product, but I don't want to go to China and figure out manufacturing and like right. do all of that stuff. So this was kind of like my way to do it. Um, and like I said, I just learned so much of the process. I learned about how to produce a docu series and like all the things I would do differently next time. Yeah. Um, that's what that was like the most challenging part. And even like working with a brand in that capacity, Absolutely. things that I would do differently next time, you know? And I think like, that's the cool thing is like from the outside, you saw the docu series, the collection, you know, and from the behind the scenes, it's like, you see all, I felt all the lessons mm-hmm. and things that I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the growth. Yeah. Just putting yourself in a position to always grow. Mm. I love it. Thank you. So you kind of touched base on this earlier. Um, you're not working behind the chair. Yeah, no. Five years removed. Yeah. Gosh. How's that been? It is like in the beginning, it was definitely kind of like an identity thing of like, am I going to still be able to relate to stylists, yes. you know, as an educator? And yes. I still feel like I can. There's definitely some dynamics. I'm like, oh, I, I miss being in the salon, like the day to day kind of stuff yes. that I kind of forget about like the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Guess, <laughs> that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and there is part of me that's like, as I go into this next phase of like teaching more hair education and like actually coming out and doing that, that there's part of me that's like, I kind of do want to get back into a salon just for that reason, just for sheer research, to be honest. Um, so I thought about it. Um, I have a friend who has a salon in LA, uh, the Harbor salon. And her and I have talked about it, her Shanda Wallace, but we've talked about just having me go up there like one day a month and like take clients, you know what I mean? Just so that I can like 
be around stylists again. Yeah. Um, so I might do something like that just again for sheer fun, get my hands and hair again, practice things that, you know, you kind of forget about swatching different colors and, yeah. and, and like the, the buzz of like, Ooh, what, what toner did you use? And, yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. I do miss that. Yeah, for sure. When so. I, when I left my suite, I was only in my suite for eight months, but I had, I had left a salon and I was burnt the fuck out. So I was really excited to be in a suite by myself, but very quickly in just eight months, I was like, I miss people. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say that. Yeah. And now I just bebop and I go to different salons. I, San Diego, Huntington and LA. Yeah. But I am transitioning to not doing clients anymore also. But the one thing that I've missed the most is just the yickety yak between the stylists. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just seeing how their brain works. Yeah. Seeing like what they see, seeing what, I don't know, like how they check people out. Like they're yeah. constantly, just like listening. Yeah. Totally. I didn't really think about that. It's really just research. If you really think about it. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's the part that I struggle with the most yeah. is like that interaction and like the, the camaraderie in a way. Yeah. So we'll see. I, to me, I'm like, I just got to make it work in my schedule. I just got to fit it in. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. And even just like getting, getting in like, Oh, you're, you're folding the foils that way. You know right, what I mean? That right, kind of right, stuff right. where you're just like, like watching, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm like, I think that'd be fun. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse me guys. I don't <laughs> know why the fuck I'm yawning. Oh my God. You're going to make me yawn. I know. I'm sorry. After, you know, after you talk for a while, like your brain, yeah, this is like fog. Well, that's why I had a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, good yeah. for you. Did I have coffee? I did have coffee today. And I took a meds today. Oh, there you go. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, we, wow. I'm like looking at all of our questions. I literally have asked you every single one of these without even looking at them. That is hilarious. Just, you know, rolls right off. It, it, it truly. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not behind the chair. Yeah. You're managing this seven-figure seven business, right? Transitioning into a whole new phase. You're morphing into this new person. I, my, my manager has, uh, created this new thing for me and it's asking people what their fuck you tools are. Ooh. So it could be like astrology, reading, manifestation, oh, yeah. journaling. What are some of your like Jamie Dana fuck yeah. you tools to get you to where it, to keep you at the caliber that you, that you're running at? Yeah. Therapy. 1000%. Ooh, that's like, that's a great um, one. Yeah. I've been in therapy probably six, seven years. I love um, that. and same therapist, which has been nice. Cause like <gasps> wow. they've gone through yeah. the journey with me. Um, I feel like at this point I'm like just a couple times a month, but like just having that check-in with somebody that's like not a friend, not a coworker, not a partner. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. is like so helpful. Um, not my mom. Cause yeah. my mom, not great advice. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. too close to the situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say therapy has been tremendously helpful. Um, and another thing is just like that growth of just like always being willing to grow. Mm. Um, and one thing that's been like really helpful for me, and this is like, I talk about this a lot when you're in like a phase of burnout, sometimes like you have to get re-inspired by something. You have to change that environment. You have to get re-inspired. So whether it's listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube video, watching a documentary, and a lot of times it's not necessarily related to business. Right. That makes sense. Right. Um, I love to watch documentaries and just even like watch the storytelling of it. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily related to what I do, but it is in some type of way. Um, so that would be like my second thing is like always. So first therapy, second thing would be, yeah, like just always growing and, and getting inspired maybe from new places. And the third thing is having something outside of work, Ooh. like have a hobby. Um, 
most hairstylists do not. What, what's a hobby? Can most you entrepreneurs do not. Oh um, gosh. I've shared this like very, again, this is part of my life that people don't know about, but, uh, like two and a half years ago, I started doing improv. Shut the fuck up. Really? Yes. Um, so improv comedy. So it's not like stand up comedy. I'm not into that. It's improv comedy where basically everything's made up on the spot. And, um, if you're listening to this and you have an improv theater, or whatever in your area, you should take an improv class. I believe every single person in this entire world should do improv at some point in their life. It is truly life-changing. It changed my life. Um, And it's not about being funny. That's the thing. Like most people think like, oh, you're just trying to be funny or you're trying to get better being on stage or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, you're probably using it for your job. It literally had like nothing to do with my job and it has changed my life. So yeah, pretty much every weekend I have an improv show. Again, part of my life that nobody knows about. Wait, like you go up and you improv? Yeah, I do like shows. Like I perform as an improviser. Shut the fuck up, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a stage name? No, just oh, Jamie Dana. It's just Jamie Dana. Yeah. They're like, oh. And, and oh, it's funny. Ch- it's so funny. So I do improv in Orange County. Oh my God. Oh my and, God. Uh, where? I'm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to find it, you could Google it. Okay. okay. Um, but I have had somebody that was there at one of my shows and he came up to me and he was like, hey, you're on YouTube, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'm a hairstylist. I follow you. And I was like, oh, okay. shut the yeah. fuck up. Oh yeah. my God. So that was like kind of a moment where they crossed over. Um, yeah. So that's what I do on the weekends. <laughs> that is, that's incredible. Yeah. I'm just digesting that. Yeah. Improv. Yeah. But it, <sighs> I'm so right though. I think like having something that is outside of work where we can, and I, I talk about, I actually teach improv now. So oh my God. one of the things I tell people though, I'm like, you need something that gets your brain off of working on clients, off of this, the shit that's going on in your, in your work, um, or even at home, you know, mm-hmm. and, and improv truly is like an escape for me. So if you don't mm-hmm. have a hobby, I encourage you to find one. And in fact, one of the things that has been like coming up for me more lately is like, the more time I spend outside of my work, which I know is a little different because I'm not working on clients, but the more time I spend outside of my work, the bigger ideas I have, the mm-hmm. better ideas I have versus like me sitting at my desk, just like clickety and clacking away mm-hmm. at work. Then I know it's a little different said than done as a hairstylist, but um, you need time for you. So mm. get a hobby. <laughs> yeah, that's something that um, as I transis- transition, la, 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 transition into a, a CEO, mm-hmm. Um, taking my identity away from being behind the chair. That's the one that's like the last check mark is yeah. get a fucking hobby. And yeah. some of the best advice I ever got from other multimillionaires is do things that have nothing to do with your job. You'll yeah. get the most inspiration from, from these things. Yeah. My and problem I, is I feel like most of us as creatives, we're like, how can I turn this into profit? Oh my like, God. How can, I, I know. how can I turn this into a business? Right. So you like start knitting and then all of a sudden you're selling scarves on Etsy. Like why you don't need to do that. Like just, have something and that's why I don't talk about it online because I don't because you don't want, want to turn into, oh my god I don't want so it sense. to turn into a thing where you know what I mean so much sense keep yeah. to yourself okay yeah because I used to do charcuterie oh and I used to sell I love it, it. Oh my, that's my problem is I used yeah. to sell it yeah and then it blew up this yeah. is in Delaware yeah and then I stopped right and I thought about picking it back up now but like I don't know how I would make that work yeah because I would want to constantly do it eventually I'd have to sell it <sighs> how about you just did it for fun and give it to who me <laughs> just i'll just show up to your house yeah. hey Jamie, yeah. i got you yeah. a little bored yeah or friends or i, know. I don't know i know yeah. that's like the one cooking is my 
mm. my thing. Yeah. But I, um, I love cooking for people. Like yeah. I love, I don't really talk about it either. Yeah. So I, I've I listened to you and I, what I heard was it's a, it's a project you keep to yourself because yeah. you're right. As soon as you talk about it, that's yeah. when it becomes as a creative, you're naturally like entrepreneur, boom, sell it, create a, get a yeah. license, get a trademark. Yeah. Like what the fuck ever. Yeah. You're, you're, and to be honest, okay. Like now that I've done it for two and a half years, there's part of me that's like, I, again, I believe everybody should do improv. Um, and I actually do want to create a course that is not a course. I shouldn't say that like an in-person training for salons as like a team building type of thing. It needs to happen. It probably will happen eventually. Um, I took a class when I was working with camera, they mm -hmm. did something like that. Yeah. Oh, it was the best. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was absolutely comical. Yeah. And that I, would be I, so good though. Yeah. And I feel like no one take that idea. <laughs> all you freaking close your ears. Yeah. You all, you all you other hairdresser improvisers out yeah. there. <laughs> don't take this idea. Don't take this freaking idea. Um, it will happen. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. So eventually, can you monetize it? Yeah. Sure. But mm. majority of it, I'd say like 90% needs to be for you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Why? Why I, I know. I need to get a fucking hobby, dude. I don't have a fucking hobby. I don't have a hobby. Yeah. Knitting. I'm just kidding. Mm, I thought about it, but no. I don't know I'm if I kidding. can. I feel like now we're like on a different tangent. I like working out. Yeah. That could be a hobby. I mean, that truly but is it is something outside of you you know yeah i used to be really into it like i but then my, my problem is, is i fixate mm. so i'm working on like the fixation part yeah I'm going through trauma training right now yeah. i'm like retraining my brain right now yeah and i'm trying to love working out for the fact of working out anyways we're going off to yeah. anyways anyways <laughs> now we're having a therapy session yeah, my yeah, God. yeah yeah everyone's like wait why am i listening to this <laughs> i'm like wait i thought we were listening to a podcast episode with jimmy dina yeah um guys Holy shit. I feel like there was a lot of topics that we could uh, we could definitely hit back on yeah. and delve into way further. For sure. Um, eventually. But, guys, this is Jamie Dana. This is who I said, OG trailblazer, OG person that I followed who taught me a lot about social media. Um, Jamie, what is a piece of advice you could leave our viewers with today? So good. Um, do improv. That would be number one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think like don't stress the small stuff, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. just keep it simple. Um, whether that's Instagram, your business, like if you don't know something, you can learn it, but it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. And I know that for me and myself, like I tend to overcomplicate things like we were talking about. So just keep it simple. Um, and like I said, if you don't, if you don't understand something, there's definitely a resource out there for you to make your life easier and to simplify things. Um, it doesn't have to feel so overwhelming. And I know as I know for me as a hairstylist and even as an entrepreneur, sometimes topics can feel like overwhelming. Like for instance, if Instagram's not your thing, you're like, God, that's so overwhelming. Like, where do I even start? Uh, finances. That's so overwhelming. What do I start? Taxes. So overwhelming. There's a resource out there. And sometimes it just takes like understanding it and learning it a little bit. And then you're able to simplify it. And there are tools out there too. Like for instance, I share a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. um, I've created a lot of tools to make it easier on you. So yeah. I love that. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Don't sweat, the, don't sweat the small things. Yeah. I wish more people understood that. Yeah. Well guys, I'm going to put all of Jamie's lovely information, her links and all that stuff where you can find her um, in the description below make sure you just go check her out make sure to support her new journey of life make sure you go check out all of the things she does for social media because truly it does help it's helped me it's helped a bajillion of other people understand how to use social media and also this new journey that she's going on but guys 
I'm going to leave you with this piece of advice because I always leave it the way this way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> be so unapologetically yourself that it inspires others to do the same. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the fucking mentality. I will talk to you hoes soon. Oh, hello?